0: Welcome to the latest installment of What's Next with Gen X. Former Duke star Brian Zubek joins me this week. The center was instrumental in the Blue Devils 2010 national title run and is currently a real estate investor in Philadelphia. We talked about the tough post-basketball transition, what bothered him the most about having to shutter his cream puff business, and the advice Coach K gave him about recognizing talent. Enjoy my conversation with Brian Zubek. Talking with former Duke center, Brian Zubek, who's had an interesting post-hoops career. You've tried out some very different things. Why don't you fill everyone in on what you're currently up to?
1: Yeah, so I run a a multifamily and mixed use uh, development and redevelopment firm here in Philadelphia with a business partner. Uh, We redevelop and build ground up construction, five to 20 units of downtown urban Philadelphia. And we've been running it for about the last year. And before that, I was doing my own investing.
0: Um, and what? why did you get into real estate investing?
1: So I had a little bit of a whiny road after I decided mm-hmm. to stop playing basketball, as I'm sure most of the student athletes do. Uh, and I tried a bunch of different things out. I ended up running a pastry business that I wanted to start mm-hmm. uh, just because I wanted to start my own business. I was doing uh, some real estate investment on the side, some single family flips and and, um, some smaller duplex, triplex kind of buying for a longer term hold. Really ended up enjoying the real estate a little bit more. It was a little less stressful, a little more lucrative. Uh, So decided to make the jump into real estate full
0: time. And why the focus on multifamily mixed home units?
1: Uh, I think uh, most people who jump into the business uh, start from the perspective of, I don't know much about real estate, but I do know what makes a good home. And I, with not much background in real estate at all, except for having read books for years, I went and worked as a commercial broker up at Cushman and Wakefield up in New York, and then uh, finished a master's degree in real estate finance at NYU, uh, and you know, kind of went back to my roots of what I knew with multifamily investing and developing. And uh, you know, I think that uh, the urban multifamily is a pretty great market to be in with all the millennials moving to cities. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's com- it's competitive, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun business. So.
0: Why Why did you feel the need to get the grad degree at NYU?
1: For me, uh, I, I wanted to be able to operate at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, form a little bit of legitimacy. Obviously, have some pretty decent contacts through certain um, you know things I've obviously done. And you know, I wanted to make sure that uh, I learned it at a high level and got that kind of stamp on my on my name of uh, knew what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I also you know while I was pretty. Um, Savvy with the smaller stuff. Um, I, I, I knew that I didn't. I needed a more sophisticated, uh, you know, uh, level of education when it comes to growing a larger business and going out and raising capital. And eventually, the goal was to, you know, raise capital and raise institutional money and do it at a much higher level.
0: What, what has been the biggest challenge of um, this new endeavor, though, re- becoming a real estate investor?
1: I think the, the, the trouble for me has, has been uh, two things. One has been figuring out construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's been a mess, uh, you know, whether it be city zoning rules or dealing with contractors um, or just getting the, the job done. And, and, um, it's been, you know, a learning experience for sure. I think it's a, it's a skill set that, you know, any real estate investor needs to learn. But if you're doing development, it's obviously crucial, which, uh, you know, you can't really learn unless you're hands on in the field doing it. You mm-hmm. can't learn, really learn it from a book. And then the second thing has been kind of where this, the market cycle is right now, having started in the last couple of years, we kind of hit the, at a really hot time. So everybody who bought right after the crash, Oh, nine, 10, 11, 12. And you, if you bought multifamily, you couldn't do anything wrong. You, you know, the rents were just going up like crazy. Um, and that rent growth has slowed a little bit, so you gotta be a little bit more careful with what deals you pick, and so my partner and I are being pretty picky with what we do.
0: You know, you mentioned hands-on, but what skills from your playing days have helped you out with what you're doing now?
1: Well, it's funny because you don't realize that, you know, when you're in it as a kid, that in reality, the Duke basketball program, it's a business. Mm -hmm. and you know coach K runs it like a business in terms of the efficiency and and what he gets done with it uh and you know you go back and look at, at a bunch of different lessons that uh you know he instilled whether it be on the playing court or how to run the operations behind the scene in terms of you know having accountability for everyone in your organization um you know being involved in every single single aspect Uh, having resiliency and having a kind of next, next play attitude in terms Mm -hmm. of setbacks. I think that's been huge because this is a very stressful business and, and, you know, you need to be able to take the hits and keep on, on moving Mm -hmm. and not let it affect you mentally. Otherwise you're kind of drive yourself crazy. Uh, and I I think that it's every day I kind of find myself thinking back to, you know, how, coach ran, ran Duke and uh, ran the organization and uh, it's funny being involved in a bunch of different ones I haven't seen one that's ran at such a high efficiency as I did when I was a Duke.
0: And Brian you mentioned step and you were talking about the bakery that you opened um, it was like one of the first endeavors in your post hoops career how do you look back at that experience because it's, it's pretty interesting when you think about it like leaving school and opening up a bakery.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was obviously a little bit of a dichotomy going from you know pursuing a little yeah. bit of the NBA and getting hurt and deciding to stop, and then of course I opened up a bakery uh, as a seven foot former basketball player. It's obviously <laughs> a little bit of a, a little bit of a jump. Um, you Pun know, intended. For me, I, I yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, I had always dreamed of being an entrepreneur and starting my own business. I hadn't figured out what I really wanted to do with it. I was up in New York. And uh, living at the time, figuring out what I wanted to do, so just kind of saw all these little, uh, you know, dessert shops opening up, and had my own idea for the concept. So, kind of wanted to jump in and try to figure it out. I knew nothing about baking. I knew nothing about uh, you know, the real uh, the restaurant industry. Um, so, I just kind of jumped in with two feet and figured it out. And I think it was the best learning experience I've ever had. Uh, trying to run your own business from scratch and I learned everything on the go and um, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't take it back for anything because uh, it's it's certainly you know allowed me to now run my other business at a, mm-hmm. at a higher level having those first experiences I think it's you know learning quickly that it's it's not something you want to do is important and making that that kind of transition. Well,
0: why do you think it wasn't a success?
1: Um. you know look it, 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 I think that in terms of branding it, it, it not a success I mean I'd say it's just based upon your level of expectations for success yeah. yep. so for me you know look I could have ran the business I could have expanded it and you know kept on moving there was a couple things that I, I had not counted on when I first moved into it one not wanting the lifestyle of being in a retail food business Yeah. Uh, myself you know you had a deal with eight dollar an hour employees higher up and higher and and fire during the uh you know the, the holidays and your holidays are your crazy thing you're open seven days a week your chefs are in at four thirty a.m you're checking on them stressful um so i think that that was one of the, one of the major reasons why i got out and then for me the scalability in terms of the business i kind of ran the projections five ten years out if mm-hmm. i had pursued the business and and, you know, with the ability, with the inability to ship online because it was fresh product, um, I could have had, you know, one big commissary and, and cooked up a certain amount and delivered it to ten or so locations in the area kind of thing. And it would have done, done well. It's just, uh, I don't think it was the best use of my time in terms of the scalability of the business. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to choose an industry that I think would, you know, use my skills a little bit better and allow me to get a better return on my time.
0: And how did you come to that decision? Like, how were you able to, like, bounce back and say, okay, I need to pivot?
1: Uh, You know, I think it was... It was a, it was a hard decision. Obviously, you put your your life kind of blood into the business, and you're you know involved in it on a, on a very hands-on basis, day to day, and it's that's kind of your new identity. There was a bunch of articles that came out about it, and everybody kind of knew I was doing that. And then to kind of shutter it after a little while and make that you know decision to that you know kind of informed decision to you know shutter the business and sell off, sell it off to to someone, um, and move on to the next thing, um, I think was, it is, it's really difficult. Uh, just from a public perception perspective alone, uh, you know, but you got to take your ego out of of it, make the, make the right decision and, and trust that you know, you're doing the right thing. I think that, uh, I I don't regret it for a second. I'm so happy hindsight's going to say.
0: Now you said you hadn't baked before. Do you, do you bake now still?
1: Uh, I'm trying to stay a little healthier. It's a little harder yeah. now that I'm at a basketball. Yeah. So you know, I, um, I I'll do it you every No more once cream in puffs. The cream puffs I haven't made them in a while. They're very difficult to make and require kind of special equipment mm-hmm. uh, and a long process. You got know, to let the cream sit in the fridge for overnight. You got to kind of do a bunch of big equipment and stuff and i don't have the right kind of oven so it's just it's a process and my friends all get mad at me because they haven't been able to <laughs> cook it for them in a while but uh, i think i ate uh I sampled my own product uh, one too many times and so i haven't really <laughs> had an intense craving for it lately so maybe one day i think i might actually uh eventually as a fun kind of fun project i might put you know, a, a Dream Puffs in one of my buildings here in Philly. Mm-hmm. And just a small little window at some point for fun. Um, you know, cook 200 of them a day. And if they sell out, they sell out. Um, and not worry about it and just have it for fun. But, right, uh, right, right. now. Yeah, so
0: we'll see. Yeah, no pressure with that at all. And you can still <laughs> conti- continue that um, endeavor. What You know, you mentioned Coach K earlier. What, what's your fondest memory of playing at Duke looking back now? years later uh, uh besides obviously
1: the national championship and, and, and kind of proving to all the haters that we could do it <laughs> um I, i'd say that you know it was just kind of every day with my teammates honestly that's the one, number one thing that i miss about duke with the quality of the guys on a day-to-day basis on the team was it was pretty incredible um and that's that's really what i miss the most um you know i don't I loved basketball, but one of the reasons why I didn't continue pursuing basketball is my best friend from Duke is John Shire. And so, you know, looking at him and looking at how much he loves basketball and it's all in and couldn't imagine doing anything else and is going to be an awesome coach and, mm-hmm. and just throw himself all in. I knew I wasn't like that. And, um, you know, if you're, you're not all in, then uh, I think it's it's time to get out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, for me, it was, you know, all the guys
0: and you mentioned John but uh, who else do you keep in touch with
1: I keep in touch with Lance Um, (laughs) G um, you know Nolan uh, Kyle I see you know most of the guys around Uh, I I missed K Academy which is the fantasy camp down at Duke for the first time this year Uh, business got a little crazy but um, I usually see all the guys when I go back to that every summer and I uh, need catch a few games. So, you know, keep in t- I try to keep in touch with as many as people as possible. G's in Philly right now, mm-hmm. so I uh, see him a little bit. Um, but, you know, life life goes on a little bit, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it gets tougher and tougher. Now, have you done any business with any of them?
1: I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I've talked to Lance about doing some investing in the product and uh, a couple of the projects. Um, I'm sure. You know, just friends and family. We'll do. We'll offer up a few deals to people if they want to invest. But uh, at this point, we're dealing with uh, you know our own capital and you know some more sophisticated investors uh, that understand real estate to a pretty good degree and kind of uh, working with them. So.
0: And you, you know, what you you've mentioned Coach K a few times, and and just the ability to kind of like bounce back and, 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 you know, reset every day. What, what other values did coach K teach you that you've been able to apply to business specifically?
1: I think one of the other really important things that, that, that K tried, at least tried to teach me back in the day <laughs> yeah. that I'm realizing now is, uh, is a little bit more applicable is to really look at yourself um, from a realistic perspective and really evaluate what you do well, what you're good at, what you're bad at. Um, and that's so important for business because you can't be doing anything and you shouldn't be doing everything. Right. Uh, you, excuse me, you, you can't be doing everything and you shouldn't be doing everything because you, look, you're not gonna be good at everything and in order to scale your business, you're gonna have to find the one or two things that you're really good at, do them, and recognize that you have to fill the gaps with the rest of, with other talented people. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that, while you know, what I learned there at Duke was, you know, I was good at rebounding and that's how I found mm-hmm. my role and playing defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how, you know, those, good, those one or two things and I was good enough at them to have some serious success with them. And so, you know, for me, now I look to my business and I find the one or two things that I'm really good at and I do them, I try to do them better than anybody else. And, and that's where I think I kind of, I try to, um, you know, elevate in that, that regard.
0: It, overall, what, how would you kind of describe the post-basketball transition?
1: Oh, it's tough. It's really tough. You know, I, I think that, especially when you're playing at a higher level, it, it's so all intensive mm-hmm. that, um, you know, you're kind of all in on basketball all the time uh, especially at a program like Duke and and not that I necessarily thought that, you know, when I, when I got hurt or anything that I'd have really a shot at playing after or whatever, mm-hmm. but you're just not as prepared because you're so all involved in basketball that it, for it to stop right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so making that choice, just, uh, you know, I look, I could have continued to try to play and play in Europe and maybe try to bounce around the bottom of the league, D league and work my way back in. Um, but, you know, it was just a, a conscious choice to do that. And, it, you know, didn't really hit me until I officially made the choice, of, you know, a few years after that. Wow, that's, that was a big choice. Um, right. And, you know, to start from scratch in another industry uh, or even just in business uh, is a very difficult thing to do. And it's humbling. And you just have to realize that it's a process, just like, you know, getting to the you know, Duke and win the national championship didn't take me a year. It took me, you know, ever since I was a kid playing to get to that point. Uh, you know, it's, it's 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 the long game that I'm mm-hmm. looking for. And, and, and that's what I really like about real estate is, is look, I, I could be doing this for the next 40, 50 years and, mm-hmm. and loving it and growing every single year. And that's what I'm excited about is that I've finally gotten to the point where I'm very happy with what I'm doing. Um, it's going well, and it's only going to get better every year from now on.
0: What advice would you give to anyone making that transition from you know post sports to their second career?
1: Uh, I would say that uh, it, it, you know if you're evaluating stuff, uh, you know don't stress and go out and just evaluate stuff, you know, look go out and try things. Uh, and I, and look for skill sets that you want to develop. Um, I think the number one thing you should do if you're transitioning from an athlete is if you have any idea of what you want to do is find someone who's doing that at a high level mm-hmm. in your area or in the country and leverage your, whatever celebrity you have or whatever, you know, cachet you have, whether it be from your school, an alumni or something. Leverage that to be able to learn from that person and and literally just pitch them, I'll work for free, I'll do whatever Mm -hmm. it takes to just, you know, be around you and shadow you. You know, I, I would encourage people to do that while they're in school, but if they haven't done that, absolutely find a mentor desperately, pitch them to do anything you can to be around them and help them out and add value to what they're doing. And don't worry about the money. The money will come once you develop the skills that this person has you know, set you up for.
0: And, and how were you able to, to leverage your celebrity? Who, who was your mentor with real estate uh, investing?
1: So I've had, I've had a bu- a couple different ones. Um, you know, from the brokerage. It was uh, a Duke guy that I knew, um, mm-hmm. Bruce Moser, who was the head global chairman of brokerage at uh cushion and Wakefield, w- which I was able to leverage that into joining his team up there. Um, I have a bunch of different mentors, the Cormans who, uh, I'm close with Mark, the, uh, who, um, Uh, Is involved in Cormie communities, a.k.a. kind of corporate housing here in Philadelphia. And honestly, the Duke thing and the basketball thing has just gotten me in a lot of doors where, you know, I can kind of ping people. And we haven't decided to raise a lot of money yet. But I know that you know once I develop the legitimacy and mm-hmm. go out there and, and, and raise money, um, you know those uh, you know have, being able to kick those doors down a little bit easier than most people is going to be you know very helpful.
0: Do people ever recognize you or seek you out? Yeah,
1: I think it, it happens more than you more than you you think or I'd think. I, I think what really what really happens is they see me as seven one and say <laughs> hey must have done something, must have played basketball, yeah. and then someone in a group will recognize me or, you know, it's it, you know, it's 7-1. It's everybody assumes I play, everybody asked if I did, and fortunately I have a pretty good answer that I played for Duke and won a national championship. So.
0: And now that you're in your second career, you you, you were talking about how difficult that decision was. Are you, you know, years removed, are you happy that you made the decision when you did? yeah
1: I go back and uh, back and forth in terms of fluctuations. Uh, I think that you know look when you you see the money the guys are making and you see that uh, all these crazy contracts, I think it's mm-hmm. it's hard to it, you know it's certainly difficult, but mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, for two reasons, I'm very, very satisfied and happy with the choice that I made. One would be, what I said earlier, that this is a career that I'm gonna be doing for the next 40, Mm -hmm. 50 years, and not because I have to, but because I really like it, and I have the ability to do it, in terms of not relying on my physical capabilities to do it. Uh, Two, I recognize that I'm about to turn 30, and my body would not have (laughs) survived much longer in basketball. And, you know, so that, you know, I, I recognize that, you know, while it was a tough choice, I absolutely made the right choice.
0: And I like to end each podcast with just kind of very, a very open-ended what's next. You mentioned that you could be in this field for the next 40 to 50 years, but, but what's next on the horizon for Brian Zubek?
1: Uh, well, I just have a I have a business partner that I just joined up with earlier this year, who I worked with at Cushman and Wakefield up in New York, and we're going to build a pretty large multifamily mixed use development company here in Philadelphia. i um, working on you know some kind of Airbnb concept uh, hotels and maybe a, get involved in some boutique hotels and. Uh, just keep, keep building it and doing larger and more fun, cool projects uh, and see where the business goes.
0: And final question. You know, you just mentioned um, an Airbnb concept. Do you consider yourself a real estate investor or an entrepreneur?
1: I think that uh, it, look, it's, a, it's certainly a blend. Mm-hmm. I would consider myself probably a little bit more of an investor, uh-huh. uh, excuse me, um, a little bit more of an entrepreneur in that uh, investors typically put their money in stuff and aren't very hands-on and look for a return on that, that capital that they put in, mm-hmm. and while I certainly do that in certain projects... Uh, you know, I'm running the project, I'm doing the development, it's hands-on every single day, it's putting out fires, it's figuring stuff out. Uh, and so in terms of being hands-on and, and working on the business, I think that I I'd, I'd definitely identify a little bit more as an entrepreneur than simply a real estate investor.
0: Yeah. It, it, you know, throughout our conversation, you keep going back to that. So I thought that was interesting. Brian, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks again for listening to What's Next with Gen X. As always, check out thespun.com for what's trending in the sports world today.